and welcome to the damn podcast. My name is Smile, I'm your host, and today I'm joined by my girlfriend Faye. How are you doing? I am doing great. Oh, that's so lovely to hear. You look a little bit cold, are you cold? I am cold. I am wearing my bear suit, which is a bear onesie, and yeah, yeah for those thickest. of you <laughs> for those of you who can't see it, it's it's a very, very fluffy pink onesie that that has uh bear ears and a bear tail. And I have the thickest blanket that we own. Yes. And I'm yes. fully wrapped. Yeah, you look very cozy right I now. I look like a fuzzy burrito. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> you really do. So, Faye, how did you get into Percy Jackson? By the wonderful movies, of course. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Those were amazing, obviously. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, really. No, but like, I genuinely did like them when I watched them for the first time. But I was like... What, 14? But you didn't have any connection to the Percy Jackson books, then I'm assuming. No, at that point I didn't even know that they're, that the books existed. Yeah. I figured that out a few years later. Yeah, because that's something we've discussed a lot. It's like, the movies, they, they are good standalone movies. They, they're not Percy Jackson movies, but they're good movies. If we just ignore that it's supposed to be Percy Jackson, they're, they're decent movies, but just... As Percy Jackson movies, they're awful. They're the worst thing I've seen Absolute in my life. Trash. A tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. Awful on every single level. <laughs> so uh, how did you get into the books? Because I'm assuming you've read the books. Well, I wanted to read them for a pretty long time. Because I knew that I would like them. Because I'd look through like what they were supposed to be about. And I've always been into mythology and that type of stuff. But then, of course... When I got with my girlfriend, who Me. was obsessed, I was thinking, okay, I'm going to be a good girlfriend, and I'm going to finally start reading them so that we can talk about them together. Because you kept spoiling stuff for me, and I was like, no, it's probably fine, I'm never going to read them. And then I was like, wait, no, but I actually really want to read them. Yeah, yeah, that happened. I I have been, like, I haven't established this before, so I might as well say it now. I've been a Percy Jackson fan since the sixth grade. That's when I discovered the Percy Jackson books, and that's when I read them, and that's quite a while ago. Uh, so I've been a Percy Jackson fan for quite some time. I've read the books through and through a lot of times, all of them, both Heroes of Olympus and the original Percy Jackson series. I've read some spin-off, like Magnus Chase, and yeah, all of it, basically. Uh, the only thing I haven't read yet is actually the Kane Chronicles, which I am going to read. I just haven't got, had time to get into it. Uh, so yeah, I've been a Percy Jackson fan for a really long time. So tell me, Faye, who's your favorite character from Percy Jackson? Well, I do think that pretty much every single character in the Percy Jackson universe is like outstanding because they're they're all so well-rounded, so unique, but they still share a lot of the same struggles. But I have to say that my favorite is Annabeth. I just Oh yeah. From the first like from the first word I read of her, she has been my favorite. You drool in your sleep. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I think my uh, favorite character probably is Percy Jackson himself. And, like, it, it's it's so dumb for, like, most uh, book series to be like, oh, yeah, I like the main character. Because that would be 
very like it would be considered pretty basic of a choice like oh yeah. you chose the main character that's pretty stupid of you <laughs> but like Percy Jackson the older Percy Jackson books are so well written that you just you can't do other than just like root for them yeah no I absolutely love Percy too he is like a very very close second I think but in general I just I just really love all of them yeah like you you gotta they're so lovable they're so great yeah except for a of course, the ones we're supposed to hate. Obviously. Yeah. But even though we kind of love them, too, because they're great characters. Because, yeah, like, let's take Clarice, for example. Yeah. Obviously, we hate her. She sucks. Well, I mean... But we... yeah, yeah. then you get to know her, you get to know why she acts the way she does, yeah. and you grow to love her. You know, that's, that's actually a very good point, because I was about to be like, no, we, we kind of like Clarice, but then you said that, I was like, yeah, we, yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. Because, like, we didn't originally, it took yeah, no. at least, like, well, I started being like, mm, is she maybe okay in, like, the second book? Yeah. Because I was like, okay, well, she's, like, a douchebag, but I, I can see some qualities, but then, obviously, by the fifth book, I really like her. Yeah. Now, uh, first off, uh, I could just start by saying here... Uh, that this is going to be a spoiler-full episode. <laughs> we we don't speak in codes. We don't hide stuff. If you haven't read the Percy Jackson books, I suggest you go reading them and then come back to this episode because we would love to have you, but stuff is going to get spoiled because we don't hold back here. Now, in this episode, we're going to be discussing the first episode that came out from the Percy Jackson TV series and compare it to the first four chapters of the book. So... Uh, we will be talking about that, uh, but we will probably, most likely, also be spoiling things that happened later and just, like, draw parallels and stuff like that. So if you haven't read the Percy Jackson books, uh, this is your cue to hop off, read the Percy Jackson books, and come back. Uh, so yeah, do that now if you're afraid of spoilers, because we will spoil stuff. That is just, it's gonna happen. We are also incredibly talented at getting sidetracked. So, yes. for all we know, we might mention some spoiler about Heroes of Olympus, for example, too. Yeah, absolutely. If you... Uh, just read everything. Read everything, and then you're prepared for this, you know? <laughs> but yeah, we were actually talking about uh, the characters, and yeah. But I feel like we've covered a good basis. So, have you taken the godly parent quiz? How, do you know who your godly parent is? I... Have like what I wish it would have been, mm -hmm. but I've never taken the test. Lovely, you know, because I've uh, prepared for you today for you to take the test right now as we record this. How wonderful! <laughs> and for you uh, listening from home or wherever you are, if you're going to work, have a nice day. If you're listening in the morning, uh, have a good sleep. If you're listening to it at night, uh, but wherever you are, wherever you're listening from. I have not told Faye this. She didn't know this. I've prepared her for a little bit of it, but she didn't know we were going to conduct this uh, this test. So uh, this is uh, completely raw, <laughs> raw material right here. Uh, so we're just going to pull that up. But I could probably say first that I uh, have taken the test and I'm a child of Athena. Uh, so yeah, I've taken a bit uh, of varying tests, but the official test I got Athena which I feel uh, fits me kind of well. I could probably go under some other godly parent as well, but, you know, I got Athena. <laughs> I am terrified that I will be incredibly disappointed by the answer <laughs> of this test, but let's let's just do it. It'll, let's, it'll let's be fine. <laughs> yes. 
Okay, here we go. We're up on the screen right here. So the first question is, uh, what's your ideal work environment? And you have the options flexible and remote friendly, open and transparent, dynamic and fast paced, collaborative and team oriented, well organized and efficient, or quiet and focused. Well, it's either well organized and efficient or dynamic and fast paced, but the work that I'm the field that I'm in right now would be dynamic and fast paced. Yeah, so you wanna do you wanna go with that then now? I think so. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna click on that one. Cool. Uh, next question is, what's your preferred way to deal with a difficult co-worker? You can find common ground, ignore them, offer assistance and support, practice patience and empathy, no. consult with a superior, or become even more difficult. <laughs> and by the laughter, you can probably realize what she's going to pay. <laughs> no, okay. The, the pettiness in me is just like, I just want to be, become more difficult. But but no, I, wouldn't, I would not actually do that if I had a co-worker Wouldn't I'd probably if they wronged you you would 100% become more well difficult. that depends <laughs> like I'd be petty but I'd be petty in like the I'd win way because I'm better and lovely I, so find common ground I find would, common ground yes okay third question is which of these hobbies is most likely to become your next career and then you have podcasting ironic <laughs> uh, music athletics painting creating video content or writing well, what I'd kind of want it to be would be athletics, to be honest. Yeah, so I I mean, I would say that's likely because that's what you want, but I'm not going to affect your test scores right now, so you go for whatever you want. I think the most likely would be painting. Okay. Okay, choosing painting then. But that's because the logic in me is telling me that music would never happen. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> not, not because like I think that I'm bad or whatever, but just it's a very difficult thing to pursue yeah and painting for too, course, our but... listeners uh Faye has studied music in school uh she has taken three years of music uh so i would say that's something she could pursue but you <laughs> you heard her uh, so next question here is how do you handle a boring job do you set goals and challenges focus on personal growth commiserate with colleagues focus on the bigger picture take regular breaks or quit and find a new job well, that depends. Am I like? Will I be broke and homeless if I quit and find a new job? <laughs> That's such a good question. <laughs> because, like, if I have the option, I'd love to just quit and find a new job. But that's not usually likely. So I guess I'd focus on the bigger picture. No, oh, okay, yeah. Because that's literally what I was doing with my explanation of figuring it out. Yeah, that sounds likely. So I'm gonna click on that. <laughs> And uh, which of these unusual jobs would you choose to pursue as a career? Professional puzzle solver, Ooh. professional food taster, professional sleep consultant, ice cream flavor <gasps> developer, professional Lego builder, or paranormal investigator. That all sounds amazing. It, right? It does. That sounds absolutely fantastic. Oh yeah, I, I know. I feel like I would be a professional Lego builder just because I wouldn't handle tasting that much ice cream. Like, I would, I would get sick so fast. Well, developing ice cream sounds like it could be a lot of bad flavors. Yeah, yeah, that's a risk you're taking there. And professional food taster, I'm very picky. Yeah. Sleep consultant, what does that mean? I guess you just help people with tips and advice on how to sleep better. Does that mean that I get to sleep a lot? I wouldn't believe so. 
well, then it's boring. <laughs> I guess I'd be a professional puzzle so- solver. Okay, love that. That's love basically that. just like a detective kind of. Oh, that you wow! You got a point there. <laughs> that was wow! But, very insightful. Well, that you. is, they just solve puzzles. They solve puzzles for a living. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, well, I mean, that is why I did genuinely want to be a detective. That was like my main goal. Oh, well. Actually. I didn't know that about you. <laughs> I, well, you knew that I wanted to become a police officer. Oh, yeah. So yeah. My, my goal was to become a detective after a while. Yeah. That hasn't happened so far. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what's your go-to excuse for calling in sick? Oh. <laughs> Allergic reaction, dental emergency, stomach bug... Dog ran away, food poisoning, or you had a bad dream last night. I have a feeling I know which one you're going to go with. Obviously a stomach bug. Yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. No, but like my stomach always hurts, so it's pretty easy to just like exaggerate a little bit. Because I don't like straight up lying. Let's hope uh, your uh, boss doesn't listen to this. Okay. What's your preferred method of communication with coworkers? Email... Slack, Zoom, text, yelling across the office, or I'd rather keep to myself. What on earth is Slack? I am no clue. Wait, hold on. I can Google this. Oh, yes. Google break. Oh, oh it's a messaging app. Oh. Maybe it's like a business thing. Yeah, whatever. I text anyways. Okay, cool. I prefer to not have to talk. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, how do you balance your work and personal life? I don't. <laughs> Sorry. That's not, that's not an option. <laughs> Um, you can spread out vacation days, don't check email after a certain time, mm-hmm. practice self-care, set clear boundaries, turn off notifications on nights and weekends, play games while no one's looking. <laughs> no, God, no, I can't do that. Um, <laughs> Were you going to choose play games while no one's looking? Well, I check my phone once in a while. <laughs> it's not really the same thing, but... Um... Face boss, you did not hear this from us. <laughs> I think uh, practice self-care. I do mm. not think I'm gonna get the house that I or the parent that I wish. Okay, but what to what get. parent do you wish to get though? I want to get Athena. That's yeah, that's yeah. been like what I've always associated with, kind of. But yeah. that could also be the Ravenclaw in me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> For those who also are Harry Potter fans, <laughs> I'm a Hufflepuff face uh, Ravenclaw. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Can you tell by the way we're speaking? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I feel like I sound slightly Slytherin in this episode, to be honest. No, God. <laughs> well, well I, actually, no hate to the Slytherins out there. If you're a Slytherin and you're listening to this, we like you. My One of my best friends is a Slytherin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, we, we accept you. You're welcome here. Yes. Anyway, how do you deal with a difficult boss? Do you Ugh. keep to your... <laughs> Sorry. <Do> you... <laughs> wow, that was, that was great. Uh, do you keep to yourself, do you smile and nod, take initiative and stand up yourself, went with co-workers, cry in the bathroom, or look for a new job? <laughs> oh my god. We I... both know which... I would go with cry in the bathroom. I think I've done all of these. Oh. <laughs> well. <laughs> okay, no, but... um, Or actually, I might just smile and nod, and then go cry in the bathroom. <laughs> Oh god. Well, the thing would be like what what is a difficult boss? Cuz if I had a disrespectful boss that was mean to me, I'd definitely take initiative and stand up for myself. But if if it was like difficult as in they're like petty or slightly slightly rude, I probably would just smile and nod because I was like you are not worth my time. I think I'm going to take 
take uh, initiative and stand up for myself. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Because I usually don't take shit from people. Oh my god. Oh my god. And your godly parent is Aphrodite. What the f***? Wait, sorry, sorry, can I, can I cuss on this podcast? Sure, you can cuss, I'll leave it out. <laughs> Worst case scenario, I haven't thought about this. Okay, well, we did actually talk about this once, that I could potentially, that that could make sense. And I did tell you after reading The Heroes of Olympus that it could actually make sense. Yeah, I feel like it, I, I feel like it could make sense. But like, I feel, I relate to Piper a lot. And just like her, like her personality. Oh yeah. Now, by the way, if you hear any tippy taps in the background, that is our dog. We are so sorry. Yes, he will not lay down. Ever. He needs attention forever and always. Yes. And this is now (laughs) a dog podcast. (laughs) Of course. But anyway, it says, good work. Based on your responses, you have been claimed by Aphrodite. Go ahead and make yourself at home in cabin 10. Train well, don't forget to brush your teeth occasionally, and try not to get sent on a quest. They tend to shorten your lifespan. Your activities director, Chiron. Wow. Lovely. Lovely. That was great. Thank you for participating in that. That was a stunt I pulled right there. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay. So, now we are finally ready. We have, we have, we have established... A basic about who we are and how we got into Percy Jackson. We know our godly parents, so let's start talking about the Percy Jackson series in the first four episodes. Did you hear that yawn in the background? That was Sky going, wow! Oh, Sky is the dog, by the way. Yeah. So, I actually newly watched the first episode and read the first four chapters just to prepare for this. Uh, and of course, we are, we are aware we are a little late with the podcast episodes uh, because uh, episode six actually came out as we are recording this, but we were a little late into the game. So, um, so yeah, uh, we're sorry. We will catch up eventually. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> so if, you, if, you, if you're intrigued, you know, you can, you can keep listening. It's, it's up to you. You can drop a follow, you know? Follow along Lovely. the ride. Yeah, great. Okay, so... Now, the first thing uh, that we hear in the show is obviously the famous Percy Jackson monologue. And it's amazing. And I love it. And as soon as I heard it, I was in. I was like, oh my god. This, this show, yes. Absolutely. I also really liked it. It was very accurate. Although he... He was a bit more dramatic than I read it in my head. <laughs> but that's kind of just how he plays Percy. Yeah, no, but I like it, though. No, I also that's like That's exactly it. how I heard it in my brain. Yeah. It's like, am I a trouble kid? You could say that. It's like, oh my god! Yeah, but oh like, my in my head, he was slightly more sassy, I guess you could say. Am I a trouble kid? Yeah, I could say <laughs> that. Oh <my> god. <laughs> no, definitely not like that. But just not as dramatic and... Like, this is awful, this is so bad and disturbing, and I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I get it. it. We have different perceptions of Percy in our own heads, so it takes some adjusting to see him on the screen, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I, I really like the way they entered it, just with that, like, 
I was so hoping they would keep it in, and they did. Yeah. And I was ecstatic. You know, you were. We watched it together. <laughs> so she just watched me jump up and down. Just like, oh my god, they did it. They said it. Yeah. And it was amazing. Loved it. It was great. And we have both watched the episode. I think I watched it three times, and you watched it four. Yeah, four or five. Because yeah. I watched it for Easter eggs and stuff after <laughs> I'd watched it three times again, and then I watched it another time to prepare for this episode yeah yeah and so i really like because we start with seeing percy as a kid which i like it i like it we're establishing that we get some background with percy because obviously percy talks in the book but we only see it inside his head but now we get to visually see himself and instead instead of just him just talking because we can't have a long monologue uh, but just seeing little Percy, and he's so well cast it's as so well. so well cast. I was going to say, I was just waiting for you to finish. <laughs> <laughs> Don't interrupt me. Go on. But it's so it's so well cast. Yeah. And they it's look just amazing. like siblings. Yeah. Like, I, I had to just look it up really quick when it was done, just to be sure that this was completely separate families. Yeah. But it was so well cast. Just yeah. amazing. Oh, and the start scene with him on the roof... And in the background, we see Blackjack. Every Percy... I swear to God, every Percy Jackson fan screamed it was when they saw all it. over Instagram. Yes, absolutely. It, it just... Every, every it Percy Jackson everywhere. fan I know screamed at the sight of Blackjack right there. That was awesome. <laughs> and the way they showed that garbage truck actually being a monster. Yeah, I thought that was really cool, too. It was a very, very cool like visual yeah it was a very cool way to just like show like the mist and how it worked without actually having to explain it immediately yeah and uh, percy's monologue is like oh yeah i might be crazy or maybe something wrong with me you know Mm -hmm. perfect start i loved it it was amazing yeah and then the intro with Grover, like, and then Grover came around. It was like, oh my god! I also really loved that they showed them playing Myth and Magic. Oh my god, yeah, That was awesome. And the foreshadowing of them literally showing the Myth and Magic card for the Minotaur. Oh yeah, and it's still in his tidy whities. I yeah. was so happy they kept that in because that's such a fun detail. Yeah. And it just, it really just, oh, it's so good. It's, it's so good. Oh, I and love it. Because, you know, technically, we don't get to hear about the Myth Magic cards before the third book, I think, where when we meet Nico and yeah, Bianca. Yeah, that is the first time it's mentioned. But I love that it's now established no, that wait, this... I thought it was mentioned that that he did actually mention that he and Grover used to play it as a kid, or did he just mention that in the third book when Nico know. mentioned it? I don't know. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, okay. Because at least it hasn't been established in the first four chapters. That no, I, I just know for sure that Percy said that he used to play it. Maybe. I'm, I, like, I'm, I'm like 99% sure, or that's just something that has like been placed in my head after seeing the series. But I thought I, I thought I remembered that. Maybe. But at least we don't get established that Myth of Magic Card is a thing, I don't think, yeah, before no. the third book. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I really love that. Now we have established that it actually is like a game, and it will return, and it's such a good detail to put it in now. Yeah. Because now we get like, oh, that's the thing they played in the first episode when we finally get to season three. If... Hopefully we get to season three. Yeah. Because, oh, so good, so good. Oh, And then we get to see Grover and Percy being kind of bullied. Uh, and it's a good thing they kept it in, because it really established that Percy is supposed to be here at the bottom of the food chain. Like, he's friends with Grover, and so they're not really popular. Yeah, but you also get 
immediately the fact that Percy feels that he has to protect protect Grover. Yeah, and that's because that's like one thing. of the first things he does is to like stand up like he's about to beat those kids up for bullying bullying his friend. Yeah, because that's what he says. He's like, oh yeah, and I was friend with Grover. He couldn't run very well. He was disabled, and I had to protect him. Like that's one of the things he establishes. Yeah, and I think it's. It's so good that we... And I feel like the bullying was kind of realistic as well. It wasn't yeah. any of that, like, high school movie shit. I'm where gonna it was steal just, your lunch money. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be so mean and evil to you. I'm no, gonna it go was step on your food. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, like, realistic, like, oh, yeah, I just checked you on the shoulder. Yeah. Or I just threw food at you or something. Yeah, and, like, uh, snickering to the side. Yeah, like, it was realistic, and I like that. It creates a, it creates a reality for us where we can relate. Yeah. And I love that. I love that. It was great. Yeah. And then uh, they proceed to go on this excursion to the Met. And now I've not been at the Met, but I've heard that they at least filmed it outside the Met. And I know that the insides were filmed... I don't think they filmed it at the Met, but at, that they kind of recreated it with green screens. Oh. Is what I've heard. That's I don't know cool. If you, yeah, I've heard that from different sources so i can't confirm if what i'm saying is the truth but i've allegedly. heard allegedly <laughs> allegedly they did that um but i think they did such a great job yeah and like just the start when they're outside of the met and it's just oh. and then the continued parallels with uh percy with how old he was or is in the first episode and then back to when he was a kid yeah, and can we talk about how great it is that they actually cast age-appropriate actors? Yes, I love that. I'm so sick of 20-year-olds playing, like, 15 Yes, and, and Percy's younger. supposed to be 12. Yeah. So it wouldn't make sense to have... Because, like, from 12 to even 16, it's, it's, a, it's a gap. Now, mm-hmm. I know that Grover is played by a 16-year-old, but well, he's anyway but, supposed to be, like, 24. Yeah. And, like, you can literally tell with Walker the actor that there is such a huge difference because he yeah. his body changes immensely from the beginning to the end of the series obviously we haven't seen the end but i've seen like obviously a bunch of photos and like what he looks like now and yeah. he looks like he is like three years older because yes so it goes along now the, my only concern obviously is that it's going to be a while between the filming of the episodes yeah. uh, or between the seasons i mean so it might be starting to get a bit of an age gap but i feel like the older they get in the seasons the more okay it's going to be because yeah probably when you're older and play like if you're like 25 you can still play an 18 year old decently well most of the time yeah but depending on how you look, obviously. Depending on how you look, yeah. But I, it's just so good that they finally casted age-appropriate actors because that's one of the things that thoroughly fucked up the movies. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely horrible. Yeah, because they messed up, like, the entire main quest. Yeah, yeah. They made it impossible to happen and they would just have to continue to be like, yes, but this, uh, oh, now it happens at this age instead of this age and that type of stuff. Yeah. No, it's really good. I'm really happy that they did it the way they did because yeah. they're like they're mentioned it's mentioned in every book how old they are or like they do things that correlates with their age so if you have a 25 year old being like oh yeah i'm about to head off to college now you know it's <laughs> it's not gonna work <laughs> yeah. yeah the same way it just won't feel the same it won't feel have the realistic feel and it doesn't show the the immense danger that they are in and how strong they are yeah because they are literally 12 years old and they are doing these insane things that no regular 12-year-olds would be able to do. 
because they are demigods. Very much agree with that. Um, and so the next thing we see is that they're at the Met. I started there, and then we got derailed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we see them in front of this statue with uh, Perseus and Medusa. Yeah. And I, I must more say... More fra- foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah, even more foreshadowing. But the lovely parallel. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the way that we kind of get to look back on Percy's past. And that he's actually been in the Met before with his mom, Sally. Yeah. And I love that we get that, the whole like, oh yeah, not everyone who's a hero looks like a hero. Not everyone who's a monster looks like a monster. And it's so good. It's yeah. so good because like... I don't know how many of you listeners actually know Medusa's story, but there's several versions of it. Yeah. Um, and I love the way it's taken up in the show. Now, that's going to come in later, so we won't talk too much about it now, but I love the way we already have, like, a basis from Sally being like, yeah, not everyone who's a monster is a monster. So that we later on get that, like... Yeah. Parallel. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really good. We get a basis already from there. And then when Percy... Is kind of snapped back to reality, and we meet Nancy Bowfit for the first time. Nancy Bowfit is so well cast. Yeah, she's exactly how I imagined she's her. She's such in the book. a bitch, <laughs> but yes, absolutely perfect. <laughs> yeah, no, but she looks so much like what I envisioned her to look like too. Yeah, it was it was so good, and then we get to meet uh, Mr. Brunner for the first time, uh, and he. <laughs> he talks a little bit about Percy, asks him some questions, just like he does in the book. Really cool. And I think Mr. Brunner also is so good. Like, just already, I will just say, they're, they're so well cast, all of them. Yeah. It's so good, and I, I love it. And my little Percy Jackson heart, fan heart, <laughs> is, is so happy. Oh, it's just amazing. Now, obviously, I've read reread the chapters of the book just to point out, like, differences. Yeah. So, one thing that's actually already uh, a difference that I've noticed is that in the books, they're actually standing in front of uh, Stella. I don't know how to say it. Stella? I don't... It's, I'm butchering it, probably. But it's like a funeral thing for a young girl. That's what they're standing in front of in um, the book. And Percy actually makes a notice and says, like, oh, yeah, Mr. Brunner looked at this thing like he had known the girl. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think right. that's such a... It's, I thought that was really cool, but I yeah. mean, technically, it doesn't really matter that they changed it, because then they got, instead, a different kind of, like, baseline, and I, I kind of like it, so I don't really mind it. Yeah, I, I, just, don't really, I really like that. how the book just immediately is basically, like, he's old. Like, mm. he, he's really old. <laughs> yeah, he's, 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 he's old. Ancient. Ancient, indeed, yeah. <laughs> Now, one change that I did notice was, obviously, after Percy snapped back to reality, he's, he breaks his pencil, and Mr. Brunner borrows him his pen. Now, this is a significant change from the book, and I think it's really interesting, and I don't know quite why they have done it, but I guess it works. And now we can go back to that later, uh, when we're talking about it, because uh, it's gonna come up later anyways. And so, after this whole thing, uh, we look on Percy's sheet, or of, like, his worksheet, and we can see the letters mixing up. Yeah. To, like, symbolize... Because then he doesn't have to be like, oh, yeah, I have dyslexia and ADHD. We kind of just get to see it. Yeah. And that is something that I also really liked about the movies, because they did that, the exact same thing in the movies, and I really liked it then, too. Yeah. I I felt like like it was a really 
really good visual. Yeah, I feel like that's a pretty good way of showing, like, dyslexia. Yeah. Yeah. So I really like that they did that. And then later again, uh, they're outside the Met and they're eating lunch and Grover and Percy is sitting on the fountain and they're, like, talking. Uh, and Percy's like, yeah, I want to push Nancy Beaufort in the dumpster or whatever. And Grover's like, no, 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 don't do that. Yeah. I hear you're never supposed to stand up to your bullies <laughs> and I think that's such a great lie. Just like, oh no, you're not gonna, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> so stupid. It's And great. then Percy's response is just... Oh, it's just so wonderful because he's literally like, I I don't think that's quite right. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was that's the gist. Yeah, and obviously, um, oh, and one fun detail is that you see them swap lunches. Yeah, and I think that's a really cool detail because obviously from the books we know that uh, Grover is a vegan. Yeah. Yeah, or vegetarian. I don't know. He's either vegetarian or vegan, but he's one of the two. Yeah. And so he doesn't eat meat. So I feel like the little sandwich swap is them just swapping because Grover doesn't eat meat or whatever. I'm pretty sure he's vegetarian because doesn't he eat like a lot of... Uh, yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think Mexican vegetarian. food? Yeah, yeah. And that has a lot of cheese and stuff in it. Yeah, no, I think he... Yeah, I think he definitely he's uh, yeah. vegetarian. That's yeah, a good point. I, I believe so. Um, but one thing I did notice that is actually also a change from the book is that it's a completely clear sky. Like, it's a blue, nice day with a lot of sunshine, while in the book, it's grey, it's cloudy, it's raining, it's terrible weather. And Percy specifically makes a note of that, saying, the weather had been terrible ever since winter solstice, or something like that. To like, because Basically to emphasis... That's Zeus's Su- mood. Yeah, Suze is mad. Yeah. But they don't do that in the series, and I guess... I think that's a... It's a minor change, detail. to be honest. I don't think that's a minor detail, to be honest. I oh, think that's, okay. like, a like a decently big thing, because the, the whole point of the quest is that Zeus is f***ing mad. Like, really, really angry, and he wants war. He wants revenge. Yeah. And I feel like it's very perfect subtle way of saying that yeah that's true i feel like it's a good detail and it would be a red thread throughout the entire series yeah but i i guess they just kind of needed to spare money on cgi or something <laughs> i know they actually had a lot of money uh for had all a of that lot of money. but i mean i understand them using that money in different places other than just changing the weather throughout the entire series fair but like i feel like that's like that can't be that expensive right I don't know. I don't know enough about CGI I, I, to know. I just, I just feel like changing so that it's cloudy seems like such an easy change. Yeah. And obviously we get uh, the little conflict with uh, Nancy Boba Fett and uh, her throwing of cheese at Grover. Now in the book she was just throwing like bites of stuff, but in uh, the series she just throws cheese and just slaps him in the face and I think that's amazing. Yeah. I don't mind that change at all. It was just, yeah, just Lovely. <laughs> fantastic. And then we get to see Mrs. Dodds for the first time. And something I find really cool is that they include the detail that she wears a leather jacket. Because in the books it's very like, she wore a leather jacket. We didn't know if it was try to be hip or... Yeah, but it's really cool because you can see it in the show. She's wearing a leather jacket, and yeah. I noted that, and I was like, yeah, amazing. Love that. Uh, now, the fight scene between Percy and Mrs. Dodds happens a little bit it differently. It sucks. Yeah. In the show. It sucks. Yeah, you believe that? I, I 
genuinely hate it. I've been trying to stay positive about it, but it sucks. Like, I really liked Mrs. Dodd's transformation yeah. into her that actual was form. That, that was, was really good. I thought that was really good. And, of course, the fact that you hear her talking in Percy's head, that's good, because that's the same as in the, mo- in, the, in the books, I mean. Actually, she doesn't talk in his head. No, but, like, she talks to him, and yeah. he's the only one that hears it, basically. Yeah, because they're alone. Yeah. So, like, the fact that they show it in his head. Yeah. I, I like. Mm. But it's not a fight scene. It's a little rolling around on the floor yeah. scene. <laughs> they, they don't fight. Yeah, because what actually happens in the books is that Mrs. Dodds... Because, obviously, Percy pushes Nancy Bobovit in the fountain, or the water takes her. Yeah. And then um, Mrs. Dodds goes... Bad sweetheart or something. Sweetie. <laughs> she calls him sweetie, I think. Uh, or no, she says, now honey, or sweetie, or something like that. But at least uh, she's like, come with me. And then they walk up into the museum, into uh, a part of the museum where there's no one else. And she's like, you think we're fools, Percy Jackson. Which is similar to the series, which I love. I, I love that part where she talks to him in the head. Uh, in his head, I mean, in the head. <laughs> um, I love that her transformation. I love all of that. And then... It's now that as she transforms, and Percy's like, oh my god, uh, that Mr. Brunner rolls into the room, yells, what oh, Percy, and throws the pen at him. And when Percy catches it, it's a sword. Right. And I, I, I really, really Wait, like but that. then where does his iconic line being, this is a pen. That's from the movies. What? Yeah, because it's from the movies, and I think it's the one iconic line the movie actually has. Oh. Because it's, this is a pen. I, I love that. But oh. he actually doesn't say that in the books. Um, but what I really, I really, really like, the, like Mr. Brown rolling in, throwing the pen at Percy, and, pen, and Percy just being like, what? And then <laughs> grabbing it, and then suddenly is faced with a monster who attacks him. Yeah. And I'm kind of sad that they cut that out. Kinda. Yeah, I'm a little bit sad. My love, it's disappointing as hell. Yeah, I was pretty disappointed that they cut that out. But I guess I can understand, uh, or minimizing the amount of places they had to film inside a museum, because obviously they can't rent out the the Met. Like, it it just doesn't work. But they could have done that exact scene just somewhere behind the museum, or in a little corner, or like... I feel like they could have easily done the scene somewhere else like location shouldn't have been shouldn't have been the issue yeah no i i I agree i think they tried to save uh time too but i was kind of disappointed that this was left out and the fight scene itself like i have a positive view of the series overall i really like it i think it's very good so far it's living up to my expectations um but the fight scene was kind of disappointing because in the book Percy is like, okay, I have a sword now, and I gotta, I gotta actually kill this old lady that has been my teacher, and is now a winged beast of some kind. Yeah. And we get, a, like, a detailed, like, Percy fight. It doesn't last long, necessarily, but we do get, like, a proper fight scene. You get to and see he... already then that he's such, so good with the sword. Yeah, like, his ADHD kicks in, his godly, like, powers kick in, and he actually fights well, and he ends up killing her, and she explodes into dust. Yeah. And I really like that. So it was kind of disappointing to me when Mrs. Dodds kind of approached him, and he just fell 
and accidentally speared her into dust. Yeah. It's like, that doesn't really... We, we never, at, at least this far, I get to see that Percy actually can fight. That he has that he has the reflexes and the combat in his blood, which is in the book that he, you know, he swings the sword, at least. He doesn't even swing the sword. And I get yeah. that he was frightened and terrified and that might be more realistic. And obviously Rick Riordan has said that he made the changes he wished he would have in the book. But I don't know if he's talked about that specifically or more things. But I was kind of disappointed that the scene was so short. I think... Like, obviously, we have seen the first five episodes. I'm not going to spoil, like, anything of the next episodes. But in general, you still don't get to see that he's a good fighter. Yeah, no. You, we still haven't seen that he knows how to fight. Because every single fight scene hasn't been a fight scene, pretty much. It's been a, let's push this guy around a little bit and let him somehow get out of it without without actually showing... That he has talent. Yeah. And skills. Yeah, it's been kind of disappointing. But I feel like overall it has been good. At least for me. Yeah, um, I, I think the show is overall okay. I have a lot of stuff that I really like. I do think it's generally very accurate to the books. Like, yeah. in general. Mm. But there's... The, the things that I don't like about it are so intense that it's hard to... Stay completely positive. Yeah, like, though, they made yeah. some changes that just... That I don't think are okay at all for it to still be, like, Percy Jackson, kind of. So, obviously, you can hear me and Faye have a bit of a different uh, <laughs> view on this. But yeah. I think it's good to have, like, a little discussion. Yeah. And so, the next thing that happens in the series is that Percy gets sent to the principal. And we can see Rick sitting in the corner of the office. And I oh, think yes. that's such a fun thing. Like, he's Stan lead himself into it. <laughs> and he's been in every single episode, I believe. Every single episode? I've only I've seen him in two. I th- okay, maybe he was in two. I can't remember if he was in I've only the, seen him. I, at least he's in the first and the third. Yeah. Yeah. That I know. Uh, so I think it's really fun that we get to see Rick as, like, a guest appearance. And I love it. Yeah. Um, but in the books, he actually doesn't go to the principal. At least we don't, like, hear about it in the way that is shown in the series. Yeah. Because in the series, we visit the principal and they do this whole thing and uh, Grover betrays him, which I think is a really interesting way to do it. I kind of like it. It's a bit out of character, in my opinion. Yeah, no, but uh, obviously I think it is because, like, he's trying to save Percy. Yeah, no, of course. I see how it makes sense in the show. I just think it's out yeah. of character for like now one monster series. Fun. Yeah, because now... No, in the books, I mean. Yeah, now a monster has found Percy Jackson, and he's already been attacked, so now he gotta go home fast, fast, fast. I think that's Grover's thought process yeah, here. So, I feel like it makes sense, and I kind of... I, I like it. But, I mean, in the books, uh, Percy never goes to the principal's office that way, and he actually spends, like, a month or something like that at school before he actually leaves and goes home. Now, I understand them cutting this short because there wasn't really a point to those months because it's kind of just described that he was at school and he was studying for exams and he did take his exams and we get a conversation with Mr. Brunner there that we just that they just moved to a different location, uh, which, you know, I think I think it's... Okay, that they changed that. Uh, it doesn't really make sense anyway just to have him just spend a lot of time at the school for no reason. So I, I, I am okay with that change, really. Be cut. It makes sense as a thing to be cut in a series compared yeah. to books. Yeah, because no one wants to see that anyways. Yeah, and books need a decent amount of filler as well. Yeah, exactly. 
um, the filler adds to creating the universe, but vi- you already have the creation of the universe visually in a TV series. Yeah. And so after this whole principal scene uh, in the series, uh, Percy is sitting outside the school on a bench waiting to go home when Brunner comes rolling up. And we get the same conversation that we would have gotten in the books in the exam hall after Percy's Latin exam. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, Mr. Brunner says... Uh, Percy, don't be discouraged about leaving Yancey. It's it's for the best. And Percy expresses here that he was very embarrassed. And then Mr. Brown says, I mean, this isn't the right place for you. It was only a matter of time. And Percy describes himself here that he is very emotional over this. He's like tearing up. His eyes were stinging. Uh, and then... Mr. Brown kind of delivers the fatal blow here by saying, you're not normal, Percy. Now, obviously... I feel like the book readers interpreted this very differently, differently than Percy did. Because I'm pretty sure we interpret it as a... Not as a, you're not normal, get out of here. No, it's more like, a, you're not normal, but you can do things other people can't. And that's, you're unique. I feel like that was what Mr. Brunner here was trying to say. Well, yeah, obviously. But now we get that, we get that conversation outside on the bench instead of in the exam hall. And I, you know, I feel like that's a completely okay change. Okay, so after the whole outside scene where Mr. Brunner talks to Percy a little bit uh, and they just and Percy obviously isn't very happy with the way the conversation is going, even though Mr. Brunner seemed to just be have misspoken or s- saying things wrong without I mean, meaning to. It is a bit difficult to say, Percy, you are the son of a god without telling him, Percy, you are a son of a god. Yeah, 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 I see like, that. How are you supposed to say that without saying it other than how he does yeah no i i feel like he sold it decently well (laughs) i mean i feel like it gets like he makes uh, up for it later in the series yeah he could have maybe not used the word normal but yeah he could have said you're unique you know (laughs) okay but after this conversation uh percy kind of gets picked up in um pickup which is so strange why on earth would anyone get Picked up by the school's pickup truck. Yeah, I feel that I didn't understand where, why. Where is that a thing? How does that make sense? You know, because in the book, he takes a bus. And he and Grover takes the bus together. They could have just... Like, if they didn't have the money to have a bus, they could have just scrapped it and have him just... Like, walk over to the bus stop and then show him home. I don't see how it makes sense to have a pickup truck with Yancey Academy on the side. You know, I thought that was kind of a weird choice. It seems incredibly strange to me. Yeah, because I don't really see how it made sense, especially because there's a lot of stuff that actually happens on the bus trip in the book. Yeah. And because, obviously, uh, Grover and Percy go together in the book, and they're kind of, like, they're, like, on okay terms, but uh, Percy's, like, eh, not feeling too well after all his exams and stuff and not feeling everything was going good and uh, he had been kicked out of Yancey. Uh, and so they were talking on the bus in the book, and Grover actually hands him uh, a business card, being like, oh yeah, this is um, my summer address, I think he says. And Percy's like, oh, so you have a summer home too? And because he thinks uh, Grover is actually rich, mm. like the other people he actually goes to Yancey with. Yeah. Uh, because that's established in the book that the other people there are rich troublemakers, not just a troublemaker like him. Yeah. Uh, so he gets kind of sulky with this, and he and Grover is kind of on bad terms. 
or not bad terms, but they're not, or Percy's not entirely okay with Grover in that moment. And so the bus breaks down, and they actually have to exit the vehicle. And then something interesting happens, which doesn't happen in the series until way later, which I think is an, a very interesting change. Because when they go out of the bus, they actually see the fates, the three old ladies, uh, knitting. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't happen in the series, because obviously he's driving a pickup truck, he gets driven straight home. Yeah, and you don't get to see his actual drive. Yeah. And in the series, it's not even Percy that sees them. But that's for a later episode. Yeah. Because in the books, at least, Percy sees them, and then Grover sees them, and Grover's like, get on back on the bus! And Percy's like, no, it's way too hot in there. But Grover's like, let's get back on the bus! <laughs> but then the bus driver gets it going again, and uh, they are off again towards New York. And then uh, Grover tells Percy that... Uh, he wants to walk him home, so please don't leave without me, or whatever. And Percy, in his monologue, obviously, that we hear in his brain, is like, I know uh, Grover would have to pee, and I felt kind of bad about it, so I ditched him at the bus stop as soon as we stopped <laughs> and got a taxi home. And so we don't get that in the series at all, any of that trip. Yeah. Which I found weird that they cut, a, cut out at the time. Well, it's kind of because they already gave him another reason to be mad at yeah. Grover, so it was kind of unnecessary because the only reason, really, for that bus drive is to establish that Percy is now annoyed with Grover, isn't it? Yeah, and to see the fates, obviously. Yeah, of course. But, you know, I I, I understand. Because it's like, you've got to cut time and you can't have all the details. And obviously, at the time, I thought it was weird to cut out the fates, but then we, obviously, spoiler alert, get to see them later, which I think makes up for it. Even though I feel like it's a little bit weird, but we can get back to that in another episode. Uh, when we're going to be talking about that instead. Uh, and, you know, I, I understand why they cut it. Because it's just a long drive, really. Where they get more annoyed at each other. But since we already established a reason, there wasn't really a reason for us to have that extra moment, I guess. Yeah. But then, uh, we get to Percy's home. And... First off, it's very different the way they do it. Or not totally different, but it's different that they do it in the book, in the series. Because obviously in the series, uh, as you've probably seen if you're listening to this, so obviously when Percy comes home, he meets Eddie the superintendent outside the door, and Eddie's actually, like, he actually is a good guy. He's like, I should say sorry to you, you're the one going in there. Well, in the book, it's completely different. Because then, um, Percy obviously comes home, and Gabe, uh, his stepdad, is playing poker with his buddies, including Eddie who is there, and two others. One thing that was completely different in the book from the series is Gabe's behavior. Because yeah. in the books, Gabe is abusive. Like, he's straight up abusive, emotionally, physically, and it's just... I didn't expect him to be, like, so goofy. Yeah, because in the series, he's basically just, like, a slob. He's just this lazy, annoying person, but he he's not mean. Yeah, no, he's, he's just kind of like, he's a smart kid. He's barely mean. Yeah. And his entire dynamic with Sally, Percy's mom, it's, everything is just completely different. Yeah, because, like, it's, uh, he's just, like, kind of, like, a, sl a slob. He's, yeah. He's just lazy and dirty, and we don't even get, like, a hint of his nickname, Smelly Gabe, where he's supposed to be stinky. Yeah, that's the... That, that is one of the things in the series that annoys me the most. Because that is the entire reason why Sally is together with Gabe. Yeah. It is purely because he smells like literal crap, which is 
disguising Percy from the monsters. Yeah. So it it just does not make sense at all to not make that a thing. They could have easily made Walker like make a face or comment like you should take a shower because he's being sassy towards Gabe anyways. Yeah. So he could have like said something. Yeah. It's 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 understandable enough that he isn't being completely abusive because obviously it's for a younger demographic. Yeah. And it's different to have it written down than to have it shown. To yeah. kids, of course. Because, but, uh, like, since it's, like, it's technically a kid or, like, teenager show. Yeah. So they can't have too much, like, abusiveness going on because I understand that that could be overwhelming or triggering even for some audiences. So I understand that they made him, like, milder, but it, it was just surprising. Yeah. yeah. It was surprising the first time we met him. Yeah, definitely. And then the first thing that I noticed in the book when Percy comes home is that Gabe immediately... Uh, extorts Percy for money. He says, "Give me the in money." The book, that is. Yeah, a book. I mean, yeah. Uh, he extorts Percy for the money he got from the taxi, uh, and he's like, "I know you have changed. Give it to me, or I'll knock your lights out." And that's a completely different game than just like you've failed school, smart kid. <laughs> you know, it's it's a very different vibe, but incredibly different. Yeah. Since we've all already established that, I guess we can move on from that topic yeah. now. Uh, because the next thing that happens in the book is that Percy goes to his room. Now, in the series, he just goes down the hall to wherever and finds Sally out in the rain. Well, she is sitting outside of his window. It is his bedroom. Oh, it is his bedroom? I didn't I, realize that. I'm like 99% sure that it is his bedroom and and uh, Sally is sitting outside of his yeah, okay, I didn't window. get that. Because in the book, he's actually sitting in his bedroom and, like, talking about how Gabe had messed it up, made it into his office or whatever. And then uh, Sally comes in. But, you know, I don't really mind that they changed that either. But I'm like, the only thing that makes me wonder is why was Sally out in the rain? Does she like being wet and cold that much? I think it's just to show that she likes the water. Yeah. It's just another parallel to the fact that like a Percy is Poseidon's son. Yeah, it's like a little hint that, yeah. oh yeah, Percy Jackson is Poseidon's son. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I also understand that, but it was like, okay, you like the rain a little bit too much. <laughs> I'm thinking that maybe it was a way for them to show that she felt safer in the water. Oh yeah, that's, oh, that's good. That That's what it makes me think of, at least. Yeah. Um, now, when, in the book, uh, Sally is wearing her... Uh, uniform. She's not in the series. And she just kind of gives Walker uh, the bag of blue candy. Uh, and they never really explain it. Yeah, they never mention her job or anything. Yeah, no, because if, if she had been wearing the uniform, we could have kind of established that, oh, it is from her job. Yeah. Like, it is in the book. Like, that would have been very easy to add. Yeah, but they didn't. And, yeah. you know... It's okay, I guess, but I would like to have explained the blue food in some kind of way. Yeah. But so far, we haven't got to explain. Maybe we, maybe we will get it later. Like, it could be that sometime they just ate a meal and they're like, okay, why is your food blue? And then he explains it. But so far, we have not gotten an explanation as to why uh, he likes the blue food. At least not that I remember. Yeah. So I kind of didn't like that they left that out, but, you know, it happens. <laughs> And so, in the book, before we even meet Percy's mom and stepdad, um, he actually establishes that his mom has told him about his dad, and that he was, like, rich and powerful and lost at sea. And Percy says, specifically, not dead, 
but lost at sea. Yeah. And in the series, that's completely different because Percy doesn't know anything about his dad. Yeah, so that was like established in the book before we even met them. In the series, it hasn't even been established before later in the episode again. And so uh, Sally mentions that they're going to Montauk, to the cabin they have in Montauk. And Percy is obviously ecstatic. And then Gabe appears and... The dynamic, like, the, the, the way they speak to each other, Sally and Gabe, is weird from the, like, it's a weird difference from the books. It, but is, I, uh, yeah. it is very strange in the show, because in the show it almost seems like these are just, like, an old married couple that have gotten tired of each other, and Sally just thinks that he's a slob and lazy, but she still loves him type of vibe. Yeah, it's then, not like this is my abuser who I am. The only reason I'm staying with is to protect my kid. Yeah, it doesn't give that vibe at all. Yeah, because uh, in in the book, Sally is like super sweet and careful, and she just like I I guess they made a difference because Gabe is no longer like abusive. He's just a slob, so yeah. they had to make the dynamic different. But I still find it weird that Sally isn't like. The actor who played Sally did a really good job. I really liked it. But I just... I don't feel like we have fully Sally from the books in there. I personally think that Sally from the Percy Jackson movies is a better Sally than in the TV series. I thoroughly dislike her in the TV series. Not because, like, I dislike her as a character, but she is not at all Sally Jackson from the Percy Jackson books. Because... Don't get me wrong, I love a strong woman, but Sally is a strong woman. She's just strong in such a different way, and they, yeah. they've they changed it so she's like... She's just strong in a very different way that I dislike. Yeah, because in the books, instead of telling Gabe what she's going to do, she appeals to him, which is a very different way of going about things, because in the series... Uh, Gabe's like, why are you going to Montauk? I thought you were kidding about that or whatever. And Gabe just takes it. Yeah, and, and Sally just then goes like, yeah, we're taking the car, and else I won't pick up a sandwich for you. And like, uh, but I love that she name drops D'Angelo, though. That's a very funny yeah. Easter egg. I love that little name drop of D'Angelo. But it just sounds like such a different way of approach than Sally in the books would go for. Because in the book, she's like, yeah, we'll take the car, but I promise to make you all the bean dip you could want. I'll make you the seven-layer dip, so you have it for the entire week in Bourgogne. Like, and like, she's strong, and she stands up for Percy, and she won't let anything bad happen to Percy, but but she appeals to Gabe instead yeah, she, of standing in his way, you know? Yeah, because she, she never stands up for herself. She yeah. always stands up for Percy. Like, obviously, I would want for her to have stood up for herself instead, but it... It just, it's so different from the books. And I love, I love Sally Jackson so much. Yeah, She's such a Sally good Jackson. character. And to me, this is just a completely different character. It's not that I dislike this character in itself. It's just, it's not the character that I fell in love with. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a different approach. But, you know, I'm like, it's okay. It's okay, we'll, we'll get where we want after all. Anyways, I mean, she's not going to be around for that long. Mm. <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> but even after all of this, um, they end up going to Montauk. And they go there. And I find it kind of interesting that 
Percy, like, hasn't been told any of the stuff about uh, his dad. Because it doesn't seem like Sally at all ever mentioned him, by because, the way they're talking about it. Because in the books, Percy was told a lot of stories about his dad, wasn't he? Well, he was He was told just, like, he was kind. Yeah, but she was, he was repeatedly told. The same things, yeah. Because yeah. Percy mentions, like, oh, yeah, she, when I ever I, whenever I asked her, she always told me the same things. But in the series, he doesn't know anything. And at least it doesn't appear that he knows anything. Yeah. And, but in the book, uh, Percy actually asks Sally, before, as soon as they arrive to Montauk, okay, can you please tell me a bit more about my dad? And so I was like, okay, fine. And she tells him that uh, he was kind, Percy. Tall, handsome, and powerful, but gentle too. You have his black hair, you know, and his green eyes. And she even mentions that he would be proud of Percy. And Percy has this moment of, why would he be proud of me? I'm a troubled kid who got kicked out of seven <laughs> schools in seven years or whatever. I don't remember how many schools, but, you know. Yeah. I think it was six schools, actually. <laughs> but they mention this, and the conversation happens completely differently in the series. And I get that they have to save time, but the way it happens in the books is that they have this conversation, they go to bed, and uh, Percy has this dream, I guess I understand that they don't cover the dream, because it was just... Because he has this dream that a horse and an eagle is fighting each other and they want to kill each other. Like the sea in the sky was having a battle. Um, that's the way he phrases it in the books. Uh, and I understand that they cut out this dream. Because like we get established later who it is that are fighting with each other. Yeah. Um, so we didn't really need it. It was just more it. foreshadowing. Yeah. And then in the middle of the night, uh, Sally and Percy get woken up by the thunder. <laughs> and then Grover appears. And I think it's interesting the change they made. I get that it was just unnecessarily much with like the sleeping and the dream and everything. So I get that they cut that. Um, but I really think like the conversation in the series was different. But I there had some good moments like you fell in love with God, like like Jesus. <laughs> that was yeah. an amazing line. It was funny. It was it was great. I love that. And I kind of like like I like that we can see. Sally's, like, apprehension with telling Percy. Like, she doesn't want Percy to be taken away from her, but she also knows that he has to go to the summer camp or whatever. And I like that we still get, like, a little bit of humor in there. And it's still, like, a good conversation, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, and I really like, especially the comment, just like, do you know why I rented this cabin? Uh, yeah, because it's by the... Tank, so septic tank. Yeah, it's by the septic tank, so it's cheap. And I, I love that. That was amazing. But it really stood out to me when I first watched it. Because obviously in the books, Percy mentioned that he knows they go to the cabin because that's where she met his dad. Yeah. So that was a significant change, but I thought the comment was too funny to care. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's, that tracks. <laughs> um, but then we meet Grover. And I think Arian here did an amazing job with as Grover. I thought it was really, really good. Um, and I love the comments like, Grover? 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 And then just, like, looking it up and down, it was, it was amazing. <laughs> There's a donkey in your pants, isn't there? Why is there a donkey in your pants? Isn't that what you said? <laughs> yeah, so he says, why is there half a goat in your pants? And in the books, he actually says, from the waist down, my best friend is a donkey. And, you know, I, I thought it was funny either way, to be honest, but I didn't notice the difference. But, yeah. you know, insignificant, really. It was it was just a funny comment either way. Yeah, it was a good way for them in the show to show, like, just Percy's personality, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought it was good. Okay, so it continues by Percy telling 
girl like or asking like what the hell is going on what what's happening what who am i i don't understand this and grover is telling him that he can't tell him anything or they'll get found faster um and i think that's interesting because it's it's not exactly the same in the series as in the books but i like it anyways and i especially yeah. love grover's comment with like so the important thing is not to panic <laughs> i <laughs> yeah. thought that was great <laughs> yeah and obviously in the car ride in the book they get established a bunch of stuff um, it's a lot of just, like, information dumping, yeah. and in general, I really dislike that in shows, when it's just a lot of information dumping, and that's a lot of what this first season has been of Percy Jackson, and I understand, but there is a lot of things that I personally think could have been shown rather than said. Yeah, but we can but, get more into detail about that yeah. in the difference. But I, I totally get it, but I feel like they need to lay a base layer now in the first season anyway, so we can have a lot less info dumping in the next season, you know? Yeah. Um, it might be because of the demographic that they've chosen maybe. to do this, do it this way. It's just I mean, kids are smart, so I don't feel like that's necessary. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But at least in the car, in the series, uh, Grover just goes, oh, by the way, I'm 24. And <laughs> it's just like, okay. The, we never get an explanation for that, which I think is kind of weird because in the book he's like, I'm 24 because satyrs age half the speed of humans. Yeah. So I'm double your age, but I look the same. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting... Just not to mention, because you have to realize that TV series viewers that have never seen Percy Jackson before doesn't know this. So yeah, to him, it's just very, like a very, very young 24-year-old. Yeah, There's just some things throughout the series that are just not mentioned or explained, but I'm hoping we will just like have a mutual understanding after a while or get some kind of look into... Yeah, because we don't get a lot of stuff explained. So for yeah. Percy Jackson fans from previously, they obviously know all this stuff, but... Um, for new fans, it's kind of harder to like detect exactly what's going on here if they don't if they aren't told. Yeah. Basically. But there's already a lot of info dumping, so maybe that's why they just chose to be like, yeah, it's 24. Anyway. It just seems like a strange place to stop explaining. Yeah, maybe. But at least uh, after a while in the car, they're getting hunted. And I love the way Percy just looks back, just like, are we being chased by the Minotaur? <laughs> like, okay. And then it just <laughs> zooms in on his underwear. Yeah, I think I think that's very good. <laughs> oh, but uh, in the book, obviously Percy doesn't even realize that it's a minotaur behind him. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't know that he's what he's being chased by, uh, and even we get we even get a couple of scenes or not scenes we get a couple of lines where he's like, it looked like the man had his uh, arms over his head and was holding up a blanket or something, or it looks like he had horns, and then I realize. He did have horns, you know, yeah. uh, and I thought that was fun. But I get that they might, they they had to shorten it down to just like, okay, this is the Minotaur he's seen before he now knows. Because obviously you can't have Percy's inner monologue. Yeah, exactly. The especially the way they built the show now, that would be weird to just suddenly have it. Yeah, yeah. And so when they crash, when they finally crash and end up in a ditch, uh, one thing that stood out to me was that in the crash of the book, Grover was actually unconscious. Yeah. So Percy and Sally has to drag him up the hill towards Half Blood Hill. They do. They do slightly keep it, but you can see uh, Grover limping later on, yeah. and that he's holding on to Percy. But it slightly looks like they're more just like holding on to each other, yeah, rather like than that. It's he's specifically then. Yeah, he's not passed out and carrying and mumbling about food. <laughs> yeah, like he's in the book because he's like food, and Percy's like, please shut up. Enchiladas. <laughs> yeah. No, he's <laughs> Taco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but um, we still get like um, kind of 
bullfighting sequence. Yeah, uh, that is the longest uh, actual like fight scene in the entire series so far. Yeah, um, but one difference is that it's Sally who's doing the like bullfighting with Percy's red jacket, and yeah. in the books, Percy does it uh, to lead them away from Grover, who's laying in the grass, just like, uh, food! <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, again, not a really significant change. And I think it really opens up... Um, the possibility for Sally to be captured the way she is. So yeah. I, you know, it's it's good. It works. It works well. And I guess that's why they did it. Yeah. Because it makes it easier for her to be captured faster. Yeah, it makes it better visually. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I like... I actually... I like the fight scene with the Minotaur. I feel, again, like it's a bit short. And we doesn't... we, And we don't really see Percy's um, fighting abilities. Yeah. But... It's still a good scene. I, I like the Minotaur scene, although it seems a little bit more like he got lucky rather yeah. than he actually had some skill. Yeah, definitely. But something... Well, except for, like, at the end when he... At the end of the fight when he sees that he can cut the horn or can yeah. can grab it. But one of the things that I noted during the fight scene is at the beginning of, like, the fight scene when it's just the Minotaur and Percy, there's no music. And I find it very strange, because... To me, I think it was the anticipation. Yeah, just like yeah, silent, just like, yeah oh. I get it. I just think they did it a little bit too long. Because mm. at one point I was just looking at it and like, this is, is this slightly, is this slightly boring? Is, is something <laughs> supposed to happen now? And, and then like, it went even longer. And then the anticipation, music, everything got stronger happened. And I was like, okay, yeah. Yeah, it's a fight scene. Woo! <laughs> yeah. Kind of. Because music in shows and movies, it is surprisingly important. Yeah. Because music makes a lot of emotions happen without you really having to feel them. Like in a scary movie, when there's the anxious music, you do feel the anxiety. Yeah, yeah. Specifically from the music. And I yeah. feel like it needed a little more just in, yeah, right maybe. there. But I really, really liked the way uh, when Percy sees his mom disappear, attacks. Like, he just... You can see the determination in his face as he's like, okay, now it's business. Mm -hmm. Now it's serious. And he actually attacks. Like, I really... I I know some people don't like it, but I really like the way they have made Reptile appear. As if it's, like, not just, like, growing from a pen, which is cool, they could have done that, but the way it just, like, appears, kind of spans together, I think it's really cool. I really like it. Don't have a specific opinion on it, to be honest. I think it's just... It's fine. Yeah, I like it more than the movie's version, where it looks like more of a mechanism, the magic. I thought that was slightly cool, but the way that they did the... Well, in the in the movie, it wasn't even the Minotaur, was it? It was the... Yeah, there was the... the bull. Yeah, the mechanical bull from Hephaestus, which I know has a specific word, but I can't remember it right now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. But I really liked the way... Uh, that started at least uh, but the difference was here that Percy was a lot more clumsy in the series than it was in the books because in the books um, Sally like told Percy before this like he can't turn once he's like he only has one gear and that's forwards so if you jump to the side in the last minute you can avoid him and we don't see that at all in the in, series in, in general the- you don't see how fighting is such a second nature to Percy yeah no it is literally in his blood he is so good at it and he does it so automatically 
And it honestly really annoys me that you can't see it in the series. Yeah, because, like, in the series, when we see it, Percy just kind of gets hit by him and just immediately goes to the ground, like, scrambling towards uh, Riptide, trying to get it, um, because it lays shining in the grass far away from him. And uh, the Minotaur, like, picks him up. We get the whole thing with Percy getting up on its neck and pulling the horn off, but it happens completely different, because in the book, uh, he gets, like, cornered. He's like, oh, I can't jump any further, so I just gotta jump. I, like, I can't jump to the side because he has his arms out to the side now. He's understood what I'm doing. So I gotta jump onto his neck. And he, like, jumps onto his neck. Yeah. And that's, like, a fully conscious choice that Percy made in the book. That just, in the series, is more like pure luck. Which I, I get it. He's new to fighting. You want to establish that he is new to fighting but still has some instincts. But I really like the way they did it in the book. I really like the fact that Percy is pretty OP. Yeah, he's already pretty OP just as a kid, you know? He is just insane, and I really, really like it. Yeah. And now in the series, obviously, when Percy gets the horn, he immediately stabs it into the skull of the Minotaur, which immediately crumbles and just kind of, like, slides him onto the ground, which I actually really liked. I really, really liked I did really the like way how it crumbled they did it. and the way he fell into the... Yeah, visually, it looked really cool. Yeah, yeah. But in the book it's much more of a conscious decision of Percy because he does the same thing um like he he has the horn and he falls off the minotaur and the minotaur charges him and he stabs him in the ribs with the horn yeah and like that was a much more like fighting kind of going out of it and of course the stabbing just at the top of his head worked wonders yeah. i thought it was really cool <laughs> but again i the fight scene just could have been even better, I feel like. It was lacking a little bit. It was lacking a little bit, but I still, like, definitely my favorite fight so far. Yeah, I just find it so interesting how, to me, it it feels like the fight scene was so long, but also so short. And yeah. I think half of that comes from the fact that I didn't like the music. Yeah, maybe. I but generally I, uh... do like the music in the show, though. Yeah. Just to mention but that. But in the, in the book, uh, Percy had this super funny comment when the minotaur almost charges Grover who just lays unconscious in the grass and he kind of just goes hey stupid ground beef and I think that's <laughs> amazing I wish they would have kept that in yeah. that would have been so cool but I guess they just was like yeah no if we put in sass in this moment it's just gonna ruin the vibe yeah they have removed a few of his like funny comments that I feel would make a lot of sense for Walker to say because he like, he, he is a funny kid. He is... Like, his vibe is very close to Percy in real life. Yeah, Walker he, he, in real life is pretty close to Percy. Yeah, he really has the vibes of Percy. Like... Yeah. So, like, when I saw the casting, I immediately was like, that is... God, the best casting Yeah, so I mean, far. just from seeing the Adam, the Adam Project, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, after this fight... Um, in the book, uh, Percy is still awake, and he kind of drags Grover over the border to the Half-Blood Hill, mm-hmm. or Talia's Pine Tree, yeah. and then passes out. But yeah. in the series, he kind of just passes out immediately. And wakes up in the hospital wing. Yeah. And you know, either way, I think it's fine. I mean, he passes out, who cares how he got there, kind of. I, yeah. It works. Yeah, it just, again takes away a little bit from the fact that Percy is, like, strong. Yeah, I I see what you mean. But I, you know, to me, at that point, it was just like, yeah, you know, get him there. Get him over the line. And then we get the first look, or, like, kind of look on Annabeth. Yeah. We get her silhouette and just, like, 
amazing. I I was so excited when I saw it. I was Doesn't like, she say one thing? I don't... At least in the book she does. Yeah, but... She, she goes like, he must be the one. Yeah, she does. Yeah, she, she says it in the series that. as well. Yeah. She um, says, do you think he's the one or I think he might be the one or something. Yeah, and then in the books, Chiron goes, shh, no, he, he says that in oh, the okay. series, oh. too. Okay, I, I just forgot that. Yeah, no, he totally does. Yeah, okay. Because just amazing. I love that. And the end, I was so ready for the next episode. It was just amazing. Yeah. So, like, overall thoughts on the episode, I was so excited to get going and just keep going this series. I was so excited. I've been waiting anxiously every single week and watching it as soon as I possibly can. There were some changes that I didn't like. Some changes I was like, yeah, that's completely fine. And some changes I understood why they made the change. So overall, I had a very positive first experience of the series, I would say. And I mean, I watched it three more times. and was just as excited about it. Yeah. And so I just watched it a couple more times just to get the full like details set in my brain. So I overall had a very positive experience with the first uh, episode. And I was... I am still really looking forward to continue this series, and I'm really excited about how they're going to do some of the stuff. Yeah, I'm also excited to see how they're going to continue it. Yeah. So that was an interesting discussion. That was a very interesting discussion. It was very nice uh, having you on the pod. Yes, it was very nice being here. I appreciated your <laughs> presence. It was really great. Oh my god, thank you. <laughs> And now, obviously, you listeners can't see what we're doing right now, but we're actually sharing one microphone. So this entire um, episode has been recorded while we're sitting, like, 10 centimeters apart. It's um, been an incredibly intimate and very intimate lovely session. discussion. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so only the best audio for you guys. Um, but uh, thanks for coming and listening to this uh episode of the damn podcast i hope to have you back uh, another time and we're going to be putting out more uh, episodes either weekly or bi-weekly depending a little bit on my schedule but i will update you guys so you can have a little bit better uh, view into uh, my schedule um, also depending a bit on mine if I'm going to join at some point. Yes, definitely. You will definitely hear from Faye again. This will not be the last time you uh, hear from her on the pod. Uh, so uh, I hope you like her because she's coming back. <laughs> but if you like this episode, feel free to leave a review. Uh, and we're going to be posting more. So just So just follow along with the podcast if you want to. Maybe even have on notifications and you will get notified every time I post a new episode. So it was great to have you on, Faye. And thank you, listeners, for just chilling with us and talking a little bit about Percy Jackson, the first episode, and the first four chapters of the book. So say bye, Faye. Bye. So, thank you for listening, and I hope to see you another damn time. <laughs>